0: Hello, friends. I just wanted to join you today with a few reflections on Easter and the story of Easter from a Buddhist perspective. So I want to start by acknowledging this is not necessarily how um, a a Christian would talk about Easter or talk about Jesus or (laughs) any of the theology in here. But um, instead, I'm kind of using the Christian story as inspiration as a Buddhist to reflect on our mistaken sense of self and Buddha nature and how that comes about. So what got me thinking about all this in the first place is uh, reading Living Buddha, Living Christ uh, by Thich Nhat Hanh, And he talks about the image of um, the cross and he uses it as like an eye crossed out. So like the vertical part of the cross would be the eye and the horizontal part would be crossing it out. And he, he talked about it as um, a symbol for kind of crossing out our ordinary sense of self or like our ego self. Um, so for those who are not familiar with the story from Christianity, the idea is that Jesus is um, he's both human and divine. So he's fully human, fully divine. Again, not every form of Christianity believes this, but let's take it for our purposes. So, you know, he's born to Mary, but his father is God. So he kind of combines these two natures. And um, so the story of the the cross, the crucifixion, is Jesus has has lived. He's done his teachings. Um, he's been labeled as a sort of subversive or somebody who could potentially cause problems for the Roman Empire. And he, he knows he's going to be crucified. And crucifixion, incidentally, was a really horrific, terrible form of uh, punishment. It's a terrible way to die. So obviously he doesn't want to be crucified, um, <clears throat> but he goes through the whole process anyway. And three days later, after this terrible death, you know, his disciples leave him. Just there's there's nothing that's good for him about this process at all. It's just terrible. Human side of him, dead. Um, three days later, some of his followers go to the place where he's been buried where his body's buried, um, you know, to, to care for the body. And they see that that the the tomb is like a it's like a cave. I love this image by the way. It's very I don't know reminiscent of like near death experiences or shamanic you know death and rebirth experiences. But anyway, he's been buried in this little cave, and um, there is a boulder in front of it, you know, to keep people from getting in or wild animals or whatever. And the disciples come to the cave, and the boulder has been moved away, and the body's gone. He's resurrected. Um, there's there's a short you know amount of the the narrative left that talks about him you know appearing to people and whatnot, but I want to take this as kind of a jumping off point to talk about how the whole crucifixion story is about the human part of Jesus being sacrificed and the divine part you know arising as the resurrection um <clears throat> So how does that apply to Buddhism? So first of all, in Christianity, only Jesus is like fully divine as well as being fully human. Most of us are just you know, humans, we're fallible, there's original sin. So we basically are just doomed (laughs) to sin and mess things up and then to die and go to hell. Um, But in Buddhism, everybody has Buddha nature. Like a mosquito has Buddha nature, you have Buddha nature, I have Buddha nature, everybody has it. So in Buddhism, the story of jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection really i think can be everyone's story so to come back to Thich Nhat hans image of that the cross um basically all of buddhism is is designed it's set up to help us recognize what that i even is that that ego self that's like based on a mistaken understanding of the world. And and then to help us cross that out, to help us undo that, to help us really actually choose our own ego death one day at a time. Every time we sit down on our mat or cushion or whatever, chair or lie down to practice, we're, we're choosing to undo that. Um, so, you know, the human side of ourselves it's, it's based on a misunderstanding of conventional reality. So conventional reality is like, yes, I have a body. I have, you know, an ordinary mind. I can keep a to-do list. I can navigate. Um, I spend maybe too much time on my phone, et cetera. All of that is ordinary mind. But the problem is on the basis of mind and body, now we think there's a me. So it's not just that like thoughts are happening. I'm responding to the world around me, et cetera. There is a me who owns this body. There's a me who owns this mind. And that's where we get ourselves in trouble, because according to Buddhism, which I'll talk about in a moment, there really isn't that kind of me. You know, the me that we're thinking of, like when I say, I'll see you tomorrow, I'm not thinking unless I die, <laughs> unless one of the two of us has some kind of change that means we're not going to meet up after all. You know, one of us, I don't know, discovers an allergy or gets sick or just decides we don't want to meet up. You know, there's all these things that can impact what we think of as a future that's kind of um, ours to plan, ours to decide on. So, so that's part of the issue with this I, <laughs> that Buddhism is like crossing out. The other part of this issue really is that it's not just that we think there's a me it's that 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 small sense of self that ego self if you if you want to put it that way it's hiding our buddha nature so like we're all out there you know longing for permanence longing for a real self longing for satisfaction and all of that is available when we Settle back into our true nature, our Buddha nature. Like the tragedy really is that we're trying to get the right things from the outside world to make us feel that way on an ongoing basis. Like we're trying to shore up that vertical I <laughs> part of the equation here and make it permanent, make it feel good, etc. And that is just not how reality works. So <clears throat> So the Buddhist, the Buddhist response to human suffering, to that I not getting what it wants, is so counterintuitive. Like instead of just trying harder to get what we want, or trying better, <laughs> um, instead Buddhism goes, whoa, 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 time out. <laughs> the problem here is that you think there's an I. <laughs> so these three fundamental teachings of Buddhism that you might be familiar with, and in Pali they're Anicca. Anatta and dukkha—they're the teachings of impermanence, um, lack of inherently existent self, and lack of satisfactoriness, shall we say? So, like, all three of these qualities are the things that we're chasing after for ourselves. You know, permanence. Like, I don't think anybody is in like such a good place that we would want to have like exactly this moment's circumstances last forever, but like. I mean, speaking for myself, I'm in pretty good health. I'm relatively young. I mean, I'm middle-aged, but like could be worse. Like the circumstances are pretty good. And when I imagine the future, I just I just imagine that staying the same going forward. You know, if I think about retiring, I think about a version of myself that's pretty much like what I am right now. I'm not guaranteed to retire. <laughs> I'm not guaranteed to to make it to retirement age. Um so the idea of impermanence it undoes that sense of like i'm in this ongoing being i'm going to keep going no matter what my external circumstances are you know all that has to happen for a human to to die is like you know something happens to our heart and our blood stops flowing for a few minutes we're done or somehow we can't breathe for a few minutes we're done we're just these very fragile little creatures assuming that we're permanent <laughs> and, and permanent not in the sense of like, I will live forever. Like nobody would say that out loud, but permanent in the sense of like, I I'm ongoing. I don't need the input of the world around me to just keep going. Um, and again, we all know we have to eat. We have to pee, but to like, whatever, but none of us thinks of ourselves in that way necessarily. So like this teaching on impermanence, reflecting on impermanence change, you know, the inevitability of aging and death, all of that helps to unravel that sense of I. And the next thing that that's related to impermanence is, you know, anatta, the lack of an inherently existent self. So like if we're constantly changing, then that unchanging sense of me that I have, like to put it in modern terms it's almost like okay my dna is maybe like a genetic fingerprint like this is me there's something unchanging about who i am and there's something unchanging about my true nature my buddha nature um that doesn't change because it's not subject to causes and conditions it's kind of like outside of time i would say it's it's not like put together at some point it's just always existed um, unborn, unceasing, magye mikak is like the Tibetan way of talking about that. So like, yes, there is something permanent about me, but it's not me. It's, it's not my body. It's not my ordinary sense of self. It's not, you know, my gender or my, you know, nationality or like any of the things that, that feel like they create who I am. None of that lasts. Um, so none of that is is a substantial self that's not dependent on causes and conditions. And again, you know with the second teaching, Buddhism is just like scratching <laughs> scratching out that eye. it's it's providing the crossbeam <laughs> of the cross, crossing out the eye um, and basically saying, like, look, if you want to experience the next point, ongoing happiness, like you're never going to reach it through. Um, enhancing this mistaken sense of self, the self that doesn't exist, you know, you're never going to enhance it to the point where you're going to be happy. So the third thing is uh, dukkha, or I would say unsatisfactoriness. Um, what what dukkha really refers to is the mismatch between the way the world is and the way we think it is. Like if we're out there expecting a permanent, unchanging self, and if we get the right circumstances, that's going to make us happy, it's never going to work. That's what dukkha means. That approach is never going to work. There, if If that's how we're seeking happiness, we're inevitably going to create suffering instead because we're not going after the right thing. So Buddhism takes this radical approach and it says, look, instead of trying to get all your external circumstances right, what if... You started breaking down that sense of self, and this kind of leads to you know the the final thought that I want to just share here, which is that you know if we go back to the story of Jesus and the cross and the resurrection, so Jesus is horribly killed, he spends three days like buried in the ground, and then on the third day resurrected. Boom, the divine is like fully awake, fully alive, instead of the human, and you know translating that for each of us like if we go through this process of deconstructing what we think of as like an ongoing self a true self and eventually we're going to find happiness if we can just meet the right conditions when we go through the painful and long and like really challenging process of deconstructing that sense of self and that's what buddhism is all about it's what any like contemplative tradition offers in whatever way it's framed, or maybe I shouldn't even say that, but definitely within any Buddhist tradition, what you're looking to do is to find freedom not by getting everything right or like being a good enough boy or girl or non-binary little person. Like we're looking to wake up out of our ignorance, our mistaking what we really are, you know, this like incredible flowing reality that's interconnected with everything else around us. We've reduced it to this little self that, you know, has a a birthday and it's going to die. And and in the meantime, we have to get X, Y, and Z if we're going to survive and be happy. So once we've unraveled that sense of self, that's when the Buddha nature can like fully emerge. And, you know, there's not that much to say really about Buddha nature. Like, you can't explain what it is. You have to feel what it is. But here's a metaphor from the Uttara Tantra, um, sometimes translated as the sublime continuum. Um, It's a very important text that kind of informs a lot of Tibetan Buddhist thought, especially on Buddha nature. One of its uh, metaphors for Buddha nature is like, like Buddha nature is is the kernel of rice, and ignorance, this false sense of self, is like the husk around the kernel. And our job to make that kernel of rice usable is to remove the husk. Um so we can't say that much about the actual kernel because Buddha nature is beyond words. It's beyond duality. You know, there's no me and you if we're talking about ultimate reality, which is what Buddha nature really is. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about that, but I just want to say like all of Buddhist practice is basically set up to peel away that husk and not to do it in like a brutal traumatic way, (laughs) like the story of Jesus and the cross and the resurrection and whatnot. You know, some people have experiences like that. A near death experience, for instance, can be very traumatic, but can also reveal you know, in the process of dying and leaving behind that body reveal that there is nothing to fear when we die, that there is a part of us that survives, that there is a light that's there to welcome us, you know? Um, So it's possible, again, from a Buddhist perspective, taking the Christian story as a metaphor, it's possible for each of us to go through that experience of not just ego death, but volunteering for ego death, being willing to keep doing it and going through that process every day, every time we meditate. And when you go through it, even a little bit, like it doesn't have to be fully, like you come out the other side and there's something magical and wondrous and divine there that can emerge a little bit more. So that's all I wanted to say. I want to wish you a very happy Easter, whether you're Christian or Buddhist or whatever. Um, I hope this is helpful. And uh, please just, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to drop your response in the comments. May you and all beings be well and may we all discover our true nature.